Blog Talk Radio. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Podcast brought to you by Brian Rails. Who the fuck else? Tonight, I will definitely do some wrestling reviews. But as soon as I talk, like broken William Shatner, there's one dude that really catches my attention on YouTube when he shows the top ten wrestlers you didn't know were dating. Like to have. The point of me being completely bored, you know, aside from working a literal nine-to-five job, actually longer than that. But um, here's the deal. Tonight on NXT, you saw Cameron Grimes, a similar, you know, finisher, the stomp. Been doing it for a long time. That move has actually been utilized for quite some time in Oh, yes, chaos in the ring because called out Bauer and Kira Tozawa. Actually, Kushida actually won a match tonight. Good grief. Gargano opened the night with Donovan Dijkovic, and thanks to Candice LeRae's interference, Gargano went to the suicide dive to the outside, and Gargano was good. Yay, 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 yay. It's nothing new, dudes. Do that. Gargano's been healed before. And before I get this road on the show, this is not going to be your normal average Joe show. No, sir. This is going to be a wrestling podcast that reviews, well, professional wrestling and not orgy sounds like last night. So, although I must say, dude, that, that was a nice touch. Everyone watches porn, but I guess listening, if you were blind and was jerking off, I guess it would be a nice, aesthetic, pleasing feeling, correct? No offense. Right. Nice try. NXT, let's start with that, shall we? So it was from nowhere else, and uh, it had a... Uh... Boy, they're sacrificing that Dejanet guy. Denzel Dejanet. I'm not going to read from that review. Their reviews are terrible. Ringside news is not that great either. Cage side seats is okay. Takeover level card. Um, Yes, because Adam Cole defended the title against Velveteen Dream. Gargano going on one 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 with Donovan Dijkovic as I just said. So as it, please don't blog about this. 
Thank God. Oh, goodness. This review is going to hurt my head. I'm not sorry. I like uh, reading results from a professional source. And, yes, I did watch the show, but I'd like to read it in order. Thank you, Bleacher Report. Well, the other uh, various fan sites, I don't want to say the other name for it because they're going to go, oh, it's the Mark site. Really, dude? Did you have to say that? After years of friendship and hatred, Gargano and Tomas Chomp from Spider-Man put into their rivalry. That's not... This is from April 8th. What the fuck? Okay, let's start over, shall we? Now I'm not going to restart the whole show, but Jesus Christ, I know that Gargano won against Dijakovic. I knew that uh, Charlotte Flair didn't beat Io Shirai. Io Shirai won via disqualification. Uh, Kushida won his cruiserweight uh, tournament match, the round robin tournament, the cruiserweight championship. I know that Drake Maverick had a victory too. So, um, that from May fourth. Oh my God! I know that Candice had a huge impact in that match. That's for damn sure. I also know not November sixth, goodness grief. I guess I have no choice but to read from this guy's website. Sportscadia. Oh, okay, this is close to what I want to see. So Doomsday has arrived on NXT and I you know what? This guy his entrances want hell of a Shell of a match, you know what I'm saying? Or shell of a way to introduce. So, yes, Gargano versus Dijakovic, which makes no sense whatsoever. And with Candice LeRae, you know she's going to run fucking interference in the match. So, why? Okay, it has to make sense because he's holy shit. So it gotta be. And Perian saving Eggman, Marcel Bartel cut a promo. Yes. Okay. Where's the rest of it? Ah, I guess this guy had to turn pages on. Anyways, we're going to take a small break here. What's up, Latvia, Indonesia, Australia, Canada, United States of America? All of you wonderful listeners listening during this pandemic. I know I've been very back and forth and very bipolar with a lot of you. That's for a different reason. Okay, so the interim cruiserweight title tournament, Akira Tozawa versus Jack Gallagher. Wow, I guess this is a round robin tournament. Whoever the most victories get to move on, correct, in the bracket. So I believe Tozawa won that match against Gallagher, even though Tozawa was not very victorious. I also know that hmm, Zaylee versus Chelsea Green with Robert Stone. Happened because of Aaliyah, who, you know, sticks her nose where it doesn't belong. It was a very horrible, you know, like her and Prettier, it looks like she's bouncing with it a little too much. That's just me. The match was very bland and not very entertaining. Because any match with Chelsea Green, Robert Stone has to enhance it. So, yeah. I'm going to be extremely honest with you. I think that Robert Stone is an excellent manager. I think that Chelsea Green, um, to be honest with you, I don't know what to think of her other than a lot of people are trying to rip off 
Carmella for some reason. Aaliyah, now Chelsea Green. So, I don't, you know, it's whatever fits the mold, I guess. It keeps saying Doomsday has arrived, so... It says Fall and Pray, so Carrion Cross and Lady Scarlet. I think, um... It says Fall and Pray, Fall and Pray. Um, the message you're trying to send to the WWE Universe is Fall and Pray. Isn't there such a thing called church for that? But other than that, you know, the gimmick was very, very Aleister Black. There's a lot of fog. All that sort of thing is a cadaver table coming up. And you get the point. So there's a lot of, you know, spinoffs of gimmicks. This guy happens to be a terror. We're looking at the size of this guy. I love this. Scarlet walked ahead of her monster, serenading the WWE Universe across with a hypnotizing message, Fall and Pray. So it says, a Doomsday Saito from Carrying Cross, another Doomsday Saito, Russ Squirmy. Hey, no, that's not his name, is Denzel Dijonet. So whoever's using his, I gave it a D minus too because all these new guys are not challenged. They, I mean, the very first thing was a belly to back suplex. That was as much uh, shine as he'll get in the match. And Karrion Cross has basically destroyed the fuck out of him. Finished him off. One, two, three. Okay, and that was that. Moving on. Moving forward. So, okay. Matt Riddle was asked, you know, definitely Imperium to demand an NXT Tag Team Championship match. And come on, Imperium literally is the other, well, the equivalent thereof of Undisputed. May not be as popular here in the States, but... Um, so Riddle was asked backstage what was happening. He said, knock him out, I'll tap him out. So because Pete Dunn cannot join Riddle in the fun, well, you know. Then you saw, you know, the NXT Women's Championship match with Io Shirai versus Charlotte Flair. I think this match was full of surprises, and it's just one of those things, folks, where you never know what's going to happen, and during that match, you know, it was no surprise Io Shirai was about to be victorious. I I believe so. Yep, Charlotte now goes to face either Io Shirai or Rhea Ripley. Glad to see her back. I've got to do some further research, folks, on how Rhea Ripley came back or was able to come back. You'll never know, but um, I do know one thing. According to this, you know, look inside. So she tried to overpower Io Shirai, and then Shirai just kind of outworked her piece by piece in this match. And then, let's see here. So Shirai avoided a moonsault, and then this was, you know, a tiger faint kick and a double knee and strike the corner. Shirai is a tough cookie. I'm telling you, I like the way they have gimmicked her to this point. And then Charlotte Flair won via DQ. Then Rhea Ripley came out when Charlotte Flair was trying to, well, basically get rid of competition, which is smart as a champion, if you ask me. 
Oh, yeah. So, Rhea Ripley was asked backstage what was going on, and then Io Shirai confronted her. Then the NXT Interim Cruiserweight title tournament, Kushida versus Jake Atlas. So, whoever has the most victory moves on in the next round. That's basically what this is. Anyway, so, Kushida, a very, you know, he's like a smaller Shinsuke Nakamura. So Kushida basically did the cross arm breaker for a quick tap out in another impressive way. Yet, see, this guy is something special, you know, from Japan, and I, I'm glad that he's in NXT. First now, this show, let's see here. Tim Balor. Wanted to confront the mystery man, so he, you know, went to. You know, went to the podium and then he started saying, "Wrestling 101, attack the top guy, get the push." They didn't know who did it. Cameron Grimes versus Denzel Dijonet. Again, this match was very short and to the point, and he used the stomp after you know taking drop kick and belly to back, which normally I would knock anyone out, but he's not Bailey. So to sum up that match, it was complete shit. Yes. Dijonet's kind of like the setup man, I guess, for Lashley and now Grimes. It's not an embarrassment. It's called he made it as best he could. Then you have the NXT Championship match, which I've told you guys, if I've not told you a thousand times before, that Velveteen Dream is in a bit of controversy. If you would, please. Then, you know, supposedly he sent... Miners pictures of his dick. Okay, I don't have any censorship on my show, but I will tell you right now. I fair warn you. Right now, if you have a, a weak stomach for words that are not of uh, this world, in other words, cuss words, I ask that you please leave my show. Shiny, thank you, and good night. Anyways, as I was saying, Velveteen Dream had a lot of controversy going on surrounding his personal life. And that is what's making things difficult, possibly for creative. To, if they put the title on him, will he eventually leave? If he doesn't get the NXT title, which I think they're building him to a perfect point for that. Okay. So you had Undisputed run interference with Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong. I'm not sure how to... Re- I mean, it wasn't a bad match, but dear Lord. It just seems to be the same fucking outcome for Undisputed Era. The referee gets knocked out. And finish. And bingo, pico, presto. Match over because Undisputed hits their big waterfall move that you know, I'm called a double knee strike. And the, or no, the kill shot. And then, well, you know the rest. That was NXT tonight. My total thoughts on them was kudos to having surprises show up like Rhea Ripley, you know, Bobby Fish. If he did have Kyle O'Reilly, then we could say, my bad. Didn't know NXT was short one man. Actually, I did. That's why I said my bad. I didn't know that. 
kind of look naked without Kyle O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we're going to switch gears and go straight to AEW results tonight. So, Bleacher Report is not doing, I don't know if they're doing updated things, so it says reactions highlights from May 6th. Because Matt Hardy made his first in-ring appearance with the company, teaming with AEW Tag Team Champion Kenny Omega in a street fight against the Inner Circle's Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. You know why I, I laugh when I see Guevara's name? It's just, I don't know. Possibly because he looks like a kid, and he's working all kinds of whatever. So the Matt Hardy made his first in-ring appearance. AEW champion John Moxley returned to action as SCU's Frankie Kazarian. Whatever. Squared off with, let's see, Marshall and Cody squared off with the bad boy Joey Janela. Cody versus Joey Janela. Okay. Here, fight filled out onto the floor. Go fucking figure. Disaster kick followed a moonsault. Doing that on a broken toe. The fight or the fight devolved into a slugfest. They gave that. <laughs> they gave that match a B. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't bad either. So I give it a B or C. I fucking disagree. Cody is quickly. Developing into the most consistently great wrestler on TV, you biased fucker. Regardless of the opposition and whether their style matches with his, he always seems to be able to adapt and the absolute best out of whomever he shares the ring with. There's no doubt about Cody Rhodes being a good wrestler, but I don't know about him adapting to guys like Darby Allen or Moxley or anything matter. You put him in the ring against me, I'll do good. Is probably what he's going to stereotypically say. As a professional worker, you know, a wrestler. Sorry, my turn to roast this one. The intensity demonstrated late is key to Cody's performances. Duh. Whoever wrote this shit, I don't hold any sympathy for what I'm about to tell you. By Eric Beeson. someone who probably has never worked a day in his fucking life. In, in a wrestling ring. You think Cody can adapt to anyone. Okay. Why don't we put him against Triple H? I mean, since these two have butted Ed so many times in the past four and a half, five, almost six weeks. And, okay, I'm not going to even fucking read that. So Cody beat Janela. I don't care. No, I'm not reading the analysis. Nyla Rose returns to action. Okay, so there's an 18-year-old, and this is kind of um, a focus of mine. There's also an 18-year-old, actually, she's older than this girl, Zaya Brookside. And she gets comparisons to, you know, this girl and Paige. She's been training since she was 14 years old, folks. Dr. Bruce Pritchard was her trainer, so she's got a credible name behind her. And it said... I knew Nyla Rose was going to be paid. Come on. Come on. They gave it an A. They gave a squash match a fucking A. You know what? 
I think I found something to not tear down, but basically just to analyze just a little bit so that everyone and their mother can hear what I have to say about this dude who wrote this uh, wrote this article in the analysis and everything to break it down into a T. So, oh, hell no. Hell the fuck no. Did you just say AEW's women's division was decent? Who is this written by? Eric Beeston. My dear friend, have you ever watched professional wrestling outside of its entirety? Have you ever been behind the curtain before at a WrestleMania? Or have you ever been behind the scenes at an indie show? What does that have to do with your your uh, analysis? Oh, there's, uh, there's a lot that I, I'm going to relay right now. And let me just inform you of something. Off the rails uncensored. A copyrighted podcast. Any further use or reproduction or dissemination thereof is punishable by a court of law. You will be fined $45 for every usage of Off the Rails Uncensored. Off the Rails Uncensored is a coin podcast that has been around since March 7, 2016. All right. You know the set. You know how this goes, right? Buckle up, motherfuckers, because I, well, you are going to enter my brain. So, um, well, time to remember the name, Brian Rail, motherfuckers. Let's do this, bitches. Let's go, dig it. I've got plenty to say about the article you've written, sir. A lot of people read it and say, well, he's right. If you keep looking for surprises throughout wrestling, sometimes it's good to do that. But you're going to be sorely disappointed and you won't be able to enjoy it because you'll be confident. I want to be surprised. I want to be entertained is different than I want to be surprised. The difference between entertainment and surprise. Entertainment meaning, let me actually just read the uh, definition of what the word entertainment comes up as in the dictionary. No, I just don't have time to pull pages like that, man. But I will say, entertainment the action of providing or being provided with amusement or enjoyment. I'm certainly amused. I am amused that AEW put an 18-year-old out, which you know is cool because she trained by Bruce Pritchard. She is trained by her. She got to wrestle one of the top wrestlers in the company. Now, if this isn't a page story waiting to happen. I don't know what is, but everyone has their own 
their own story that they're going to present in front of you as far as professional wrestling goes because you're going to have, well, I used to be an addict, but now I'm on the straight and narrow or I'm, and I'm wrestling. Is there anything wrong with that? No. There's a shit ton of wrestlers that have used and turned out to be decent workers. They've used, they've recovered, they've they used wrestling as now, whatever the case may be, man. It's just, I don't see, I'm starting someone out against Nyla Rose. It's such a grandiose idea. But some people feel that, you know, it's land of opportunity. Somebody at the age of 18 is going to be able to hang with someone who's possibly in the mid-20s. I don't know how old Nyla is. Oh, my God, I don't want to ask the lady her age, but you get my gist. Kind of like there's Zaya Brookside, to be honest with you. I don't know. Well, Zaya has a victory, so there's a difference between her and this girl. Oh, Kenzie Page, my bad. It's like if Bailey had a love child gimmick. No, I don't think. I'm not sure this girl hit anything at all that was remotely interesting during that match. And to be honest with you, Boy, you know, they say we give each other a different look. We sure did. There's just so many things that that people negate when they watch professional wrestling. One, did you see the, uh, it's been there almost four weeks. And I'm talking about NXT. Does she have a t-shirt line? No. I don't think she needs one. I don't think referees should have the ability to start selling their merchandise when this is not the fucking indie. You're making Buko's amount of bucks. You should be able to understand that a wrestling business that hires an 18-year-old, cool, because she's a legal consenting adult. She knows what she's getting herself into. She's been training since she was 14. 14, so that's insane. That is just absolutely... I don't know why AEW got her. That's their answer to, well, until Rhea Ripley gets back, we're going to start winning the ratings war. Again, you know, the whole match between Sammy Guevara... And Chris Jericho versus Matt Hardy and partner of his choosing is extremely old school, to say the least. And there's a lot of yawning and a lot of, um, okay, maybe I should really get some energy drink to catch my drip. I don't want to be up till four in the fucking morning or five. Look, AEW, you know, they debuted an 18-year-old. So she's obviously going to be the buzz around professional wrestling communities everywhere. Did you see they signed an 18-year-old? She doesn't look 18. Hmm. 
there's a certain someone in WWE, wait, I mentioned her a million times over and over, but Paige. Paige was wrestling since she was 13 years old. Because your family tonight had a wrestling academy. And as you saw, fighting with the family. No, that's not what the real shindig looked like. Paige went through a lot just to get back to a general manager position. She also went through a lot in WWE. And she had to have that neck surgery. She was supposed to you know, have a match at Evolution that year. And it didn't happen. Paige, you know, I honestly felt kind of irritated on my show when I discussed her. But um, I'm starting to wonder if AEW is trying to be like Venom and, you know, attach itself to a host and imitate or become a part of. I don't think AEW is going to become a part of WWE, but I do believe there's a lot of former superstars from WWE in AEW, and I do firmly believe that both shows kind of gave you the idea and impression that AEW is not going to change. They're going to have a street fight. They're going to have... Matches that include no disqualification, no rules whatsoever. Is that cool? Is that a favorable type thing to do? Well, I had to pause, ladies and gentlemen, for station identification, but I will say. After what I just told you, you have one group trying to use surprises for tonight, which was cool, you know, to see Rhea Ripley, see um, challenges being laid down for Tag Team Championship. Title match was good because it's good suspense, you know, builds builds the suspense between Dream and Adam Cole. It finally happened. There was no, there wasn't any payoff because you want to save that for some other time, I guess. As the cabinets close, you want to build a decent match between Dream and Adam Cole, as I'm repeating myself, obviously. But there also has to be a sense of will will Velveteen Dream finally get the monkey off his back and win the big one, the NXT Heavyweight Championship. It's because uh, <clears throat> there's, like I said, there's a lot. As I said earlier in the show, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the Velveteen Dream. It's about sending dick pics to minors. It's about oh, I don't know. Uh, let's see here. Um, smashing a window out with a rock. If you just read the dirt sheet shit. I mean, this is the kind of shit that will not get you championships because. If you have controversy around you, you can only have, but he's been cleared. So he was held on bond, bonded out. He doesn't have to appear in court again. So we should be good on that. As far as Io Shirai, uh, 
you know, Rhea Ripley beating the holy hell out of each other in the back. Yes. I, as I told you, if I, if I have a story that I can follow, 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 and be like I'm immersed in and I like, then I'm going to tell you, great job. AEW had a street fight. How many times must I tell you all? They remind me of what ECW used to compensate for, which was a lot of guys that could bring something to the table, like Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, I don't know. Like I said, I... Tracy Smothers, anyone? Mike, Tanaka, Tajiri. I can list off a lot of ECW fellows and lady. Well, Beulah McGillicuddy, Francine, Cammy Lynn Bitch, Stitch. Just a lot of, of names and presences that ECW just overshadows AEW in some kind of way. They're like, well, AEW's evolved wrestling. Well, of course, because they have a lot more resources than back, in, than back in the day, which ECW used to use AOL, for fuck's sakes, to streamline a November to Remember. And I don't know about you, but it was kind of funny seeing Sandman, you know, basically get crucified with barbed wire. Uh, let's see what else. Big Dick Dudley... Gubberay Dudley, Spike Dudley, and Devon. Then you have the BWO, which is a spoof. I'm sorry if I'm going on tangent here, but AEW Street Fight. Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega teaming up, which is a dream team, in a street fight against actually no, 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 Janela and remember Matt Hardy versus Janela. Joey Janela always seems to find himself in trouble. Whether it's Hangman Page, whether it's Moxley, doesn't matter. This dude knows no bounds when it comes to the word trouble. And him finding himself involved in it. So, tonight's AEW's review is brought to you by Crazy Incorporated, where all the rambling and roundabout reviews have been found. To be absolute batshit insane and me rambling in circles. Okay, look, AEW tonight proves my point. There has to be a street fight or a match that is no disqualification. Why? And can you can you do a night where there's just a match between one? You know, one match with rules. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The women's division is becoming the greatest division, according to Eric, whatever snuts is. My God, man. So you didn't review NXT. You reviewed AEW. Bleacher Report, that is, which is, you know, one of my favorite, you know, sites to review stuff because it makes it so accessible to review. So this guy said that the AEW women's division has become better than ever. Okay, describing its depth chart, you've got Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, Jazz. You've got a whole bunch of uh, Japanese female wrestlers. But I'm sorry if I butcher your names, folks. But you've got 
a women's division in which has been non-existent. And really, at this point, so you've got Brandy Rose, who has a faction. You've got Awesome Kong. You've got Nyla Rose, Jazz, Britt Baker. You've got Bea Priestley. There's not that many names for me to choose from that list. They're talented folks, don't get me wrong. But after watching them and their matches and the way they've been booked, it just looks like a really bad spinoff of what NXT Women's Division is and still is, which means they keep evolving. There's different characters, there's different names. It's not just the same rotation because the fans don't get a very fresh sense of who a character or what a character is. I don't, I just want, I'm out, out of curiosity, I can see why he'd say it's the best thing ever because it's new and fresh, dude, give me a fucking break. If NXT UK was still running, just to burst your bubble, which I will do, Zaya Brookside is also the ripe old age of 18, 19 years old. And yet this Kenzie Page is making headlines. She did involve herself in a squash match tonight with Nyla Rose. And she was trained by a very credible name that's well-known among everyone in professional wrestling, Bruce Pritchard. So imagine folks at the age of 18 being thrown into the fire. It's not that easy. And you got to give the girl credit because she went on air and basically did what most people would do in wrestling. And it just first started out, they get their ass handed to them. Okay. Did she give Nyla a run for her money? No, but Nyla gave her a competition, which is very nice and very admirable. Um, however, to say that AEW's women's roster is by far the best, I think I must have swallowed too much chlorine when I was sitting in the pool earlier. But um, there, there, there's no fucking depth chart to that roster. You look at the... You look at the names and you say, oh, wow, it's got Brandy Rose, which is if Isla Dawn still fucking, you know, working NXT UK. It's the same thing. It's the same concept, except for, I guess, the trend is female worker, you know, female wrestler has someone, it's kind of like a bodyguard, like Reina or actually Raquel Gonzalez is now the bodyguard to Dakota Kai. You've got Aaliyah and Chelsea Green. You had Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah. I don't, I'm not under, like, okay, you have to constantly evolve yourself in the world of professional wrestling and the women's division in AEW. I can make judgment calls because I've seen the bulk majority of their matches, and it is really, really bad. There is I, the placement of matches are not that great. And if you think for one second that it's going to be like, okay, cool, I've got you know, yeah, I've got a match to light the fire with. Because 
probably going to add some gas to this already lit fire or metaphorical fire by saying AEW's women's division is just as great as put this the Tampa Bay Buccaneers season was. There's some credible names, but then there's names that you go, okay, so why aren't we doing anything with this group of people? Are they quarantining? What's going, you know, what's going on? Out of curiosity, when someone says something, I read into it. I listen to it. I have intuition about it. I do my research about it. Hands down, dude, WWE wins that war every single time. Because now... You've got Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley that could possibly feud with one another. You've got Io Shirai. You've got Mia Yim. Nikki Cross. Alexa Bliss. Carmella. Even, I don't care how many people say she's terrible and she can't fucking work to save her life. Which is kind of true. Actually, it is true in some regards. But if you can't, if you've never worked before in front of an audience of more than, you know, 6,000, you need to understand something, AEW's women's division compared, and comparatively speaking to WWE's, WWE's hands down. They've got more of a variety of women on their roster. Sure, they don't have, um, you know, the brute strength, the the way they kind of do. When your company rehires someone that's, you know, not been in the ring for very much long or long at all, uh, that'd be Nia Jax. And then you've also got Tamina, who's, you know, she's kind of propelled herself a little bit, but you've got someone with heritage and lineage. Some people may know when they hear the name Snuka, or they may, when they hear the word, our superstar known as The Rock. When they hear those names, they know exactly who I'm referring to. When you hear your AEW's names, you say, oh, Britt Baker, she used to be part of WWE. If you're a true wrestling fan or a wrestling fan at all, you know that some of these women that are wrestling on AEW were either not considered by WWE or they were formerly a part of AEW Actually, that's kind of play on words there. Formerly a part of WWE. The May Young Classic is any indication of where these women have been. That'd be... Oh, Bea Priestley. That would be Britt Baker. There's a lot of names that come to mind. And they weren't part of the Mayan Classic, but gee, Jazz, Awesome Kong, like you said, some of them actually have the talent to work. And some of them actual work. I've watched their matches, and I think to myself, if it tells me a story, great. If it doesn't have any 
thing to do with wrestling, and it's just the match that was poorly placed, then the answer is to the people who say that their women's division is the best, uh, no. And then to be completely biased and say, Cody's timing is the best timing. Yeah, he's not a bad worker. It's just taking unnecessary risks, you're going to break limbs, having specialty matches all the time for your show because you're trying to compensate for lack of skill. No, and in some regards, that's not true. It's to try and compensate for the fact that fans want to see something different or something different. Well, I hate to burst your bubbles, but having hardcore matches like street fights and whatnot is going to shave years off that person's career. And yet you do it almost every other week. And injuries during this time would suck because hospitals aren't as overrun, but AEW having all these specialty matches makes me wonder, why do fans flock to this kind of shit? Well, we don't see it that often in WWE. Gee, and I wonder why some of the workers or wrestlers in WWE have longer lasting careers than some of the guys and gals in AEW. Even Taz would know this answer. Is because he's a tough son of a bitch, and this guy I have mad respect for, not just because he's from Nine Neck of the Woods, man, but because Taz knows that if you consistently do hardcore matches like thumbtacks, barbed wire, barbed wire two-by-fours, barbed wire around the lips, you get broken bones, you know, dislocations in certain areas of your body. And you wonder why I keep saying this. Yes, specialty matches or non-specialty matches, meaning when John Moxley took off Joey Danilo's shoes and socks or tights and socks and basically slammed him barefoot onto thumbtacks, that's not going to injure you for life injury. When you land on your elbow wrong or you take concrete cinder block bumps like he did back in CZW, Mr. Janela, you crazy bastard. Hardcore matches are one thing, and I don't mind them if they're done correctly. But if you do them, like in a street fight with, you know, Matt Hardy and Joey Janela, they're like, well, the story told a story, so I give it an A minus. This is probably a fucker who was never put inside a wrestling ring. You don't have to. Some of you don't have to step foot because I have mad respect for the fandoms you do have. But to say that AEW is like WCW, well, in that regard, all I have to say is if Cody doesn't realize that using using Bash at the Beach was not a wise decision, my man, because then you're going to hear the words, well, we own the rights to WCW. And Here Cody is. I filed something earlier. Why weren't you aware? Just wait till there's an audience again. It's going to be very divided again. AEW, you know, they've got a 18-year-old to debut, which made headlines tonight. I don't care. WWE had a lot of surprises, and it was kind of a lackadaisical night. They kind of cut off Cameron Grimes' mic because, well, Finn Balor challenged after he heard, I 
not, I'd slap him in the face, which, okay, cool. I've heard that line a time or two before. Rhea Ripley returns, probably my favorite. Kushida beating, uh, what's his nut? Jake something. The point is, who did a better job? Actually, the question is, who did a better job of storytelling tonight on, was it USA Network or was it TNT? Superstation. Not Superstation, but you get the gist. And to be honest with you, I've seen my fair share of hardcore from ECW. I don't need to have a constant reminder. There's just a lot of problems that I have with AEW. You want to know the whole list in the span of 10 or 11 minutes. One if you want to confront someone, you go to the front door. You don't go behind closed doors and say, Triple H is a prick, this, that, the other. Oh, I can't stand him. He doesn't know how to run fucking business. Obviously, he must because WWE is still afloat. I'm completely fine. You know, being stuck here watching both AEW and WWE. Why am I, you know, being so kind of like a double standard? No, dude. Nope. I don't agree with certain methods done by AEW that includes, you know, the mask wearing and the merchandise that looks very similar. Sean Spears, anyone? There's just... That's only one imitation that I can tell you bothers me. You know what they say. Imitation is the cheapest form of flattery. Don't let me think, but I agree, dude. AEW is very similar to WCW without a sprinkle of ECW to it and CZW. You want deathmatch wrestling? I'm hoping God. I'm hoping to God that AEW doesn't pick that up either. So to finish out the night before I yawn you all to death, or thoughts I should say in closing. One particular moment shine in AEW, and that's in the tag match with Matt Hardy. The other was some idiot decided to write a blog, a nice little blog about. It's not what I'm supposed to, you know. Let me start over. One group is trying to copy and paste ECW and WCW and a bit of TNA Impact and a little bit of a Revolver. A lot of Sammy's guys and gals are going there right now. Sammy Callahan, that is an awesome, awesome dude. Every day, that man, he wasn't a trainer. This dog. Yeah, I agree. This dog right here. Uh, 
I love him. He's always on the Instagram, folks, and I love him to death. For any questions, go shoot him at Wrestle underscore radio. Don't wait up. So anyways, as I was saying, they're like a copy and paste of ECW, WCW, and at a smidgen of NWA. And I don't know what else to say other than please listen to the social distancing guidelines, wear your mask, do whatever the fuck, you know, whatever makes you feel comfortable, even if you don't wear them, I don't care at this point, because it just gets attention, negative attention, that's all. So, anyways, to those bitches, I got to sleep. Have a good night, day, or whatever. So, uh, I will catch you next Monday with Lady Lynn and an episode of Off the Rails Uncensored. And Off the Rails Uncensored, uh, yeah, next Wednesday. See you all crazy fucks this next weekend, all right? And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Yeah, six minutes left. That's plenty of time. Need to take a nap. And like, oh, oh, in closing, real quick, real quick. Hardcore matches. They'll shave lives off of workers as far as, you know, it shaves years. And you're going to be feeling that shit when you get older. So, Godspeed, Joe. And, uh, two little bitches I got to sleep for real this time, right? Yes. The closest personality. The closest personality.